Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Three this morning. And if you have your Bible, I, I think that we have Mark, uh, maybe uh, verse 1 through 19, but I think we'll start a reading in verse number 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God sent, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The verse I was thinking about, verse number 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. There's not a clearer text in the Scripture about who is saved and who is not saved. We'll look at that in just a moment. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Let's read on to verse number 21. But he that doeth Truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I want to look back in uh, verse number 16. Uh, I haven't preached on John 3.16 this year. I preached on the family and some other things, but it's been on my mind all week long, this matter of this great text. For God so loved the world. I, I tell you what, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the great Sunday school time we've had. Thank you for this gathering this morning. I pray that you might bless these words out of your word. Have your way in our hearts and life. If there's one here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, may this be the good hour, the good day that they come to a saving knowledge of Christ. For the rest of us, Lord, who are saved, may we just kind of reminisce as we have through these songs of the wonder of your wonderful salvation, the grace that has saved us, and how that we're kept by the power of God. Bless now, and for all that you do for us, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love to come to John chapter 3, verse number 16. It has been said, some have said, I believe it was George Mueller that said that uh, this is the mini gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ in one single verse. Just one little capsule of the scripture and we have the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. John Quincy Adams, he was the sixth president of the United States of America and he said this. He said that my hope, my faith, my belief that there is a life after this life is based upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
of Jesus Christ. You can't get away from it. There's no way to get to heaven but through these verses. And I'd like to share a few things about the verses with you this morning with the Lord's help, with the Lord's help. I want to I think about this, and our title very simply this morning is What World? Look at it with me. He said, For God so loved the world. What world? What world is he speaking about? There's two things that we learn from this passage of Scripture. First of all, we see the characterization of God. We see who He is. We're told two things about Him in this passage of Scripture. The first one being that He is a loving God, isn't He? For God so loved. He took a little crooked letter from the alphabet. He took a little round letter from the alphabet. Two simple letters and gave to you and to me, how much he loved us. God so loved the world. That's bigger than any other love, by the way. That encompasses all the love that can be manifested, all the love that can be uh, pro provided, all the love that can be given. God, first of all, is a loving God. Now, let me get tied up here now, okay? Because I know that he is love. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. God loved the world. And the second characterization that we see of God in this verse, not only is he a loving God, but he's a given God. Those two things should be part of the life of every child of God. There's two things that you should be known for if you're a child of God. Of God, this God that we're talking about in John chapter 3 and verse number 16, you ought to be a loving person. His love ought to rub off on each and every one of us. We ought to love the world that He loves. We ought to love every sinner that's in this world and every saint that's in this world. We ought to love everybody. Shouldn't matter about the color of their skin, where they're from, uh, the language they speak. We ought to love everybody. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. And, uh, and he goes on with his love. And, and the proof of his love is that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then not only do we see that he's loving, but he's giving. God gave. Nobody can deny that. God gave the very best that he had, <coughs> excuse me, for you and for me. Then we see a characterization here of, of man. He says one thing about mankind, and uh, this, is, this encompasses the entire human race. When he talks about that he loved the world, uh, he uses other terminologies. When he's talking about the landscape of the world and the oceans of the world and the mountains of the world and the worlds outside of this world and, and the universe and so on and so forth, that's not the, he loves all that and he made it himself. But the world that he's talking about is built around mankind. And we see in one, one single word, God so loved the world. And so that's everybody. And that's all men. And that's all women. And that's all the children. And that's all the nations of the world. That's all the languages of the world. That's all the dialects of the world. Every person, no matter who they are and where they are, God so loved the world. And so let's take a moment and think about this matter of the world for just a moment. Uh, it, it just kind of 
caught my attention when I read it a few days ago. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. And uh, the world is mentioned some 300 times or so in the Bible. And generally, it's talking about the population of the world, the ways of the world, uh, the beginning of the world when God created the heavens and the earth, the end of the world that is to come. He talks in other places about the rudiments of the world, the traditions of the world, and the philosophies of the world. And then he tells us in yet another place to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He goes on to say all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all of these things are not of the Father, but they're of the world. And there in John, 1 John chapter number 4, I believe it is, or maybe it's chapter number 2, he mentions this world over and over again. He said, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so we have some characterizations of, of what this world is, and then he begins to talk about in the Bible, and I want to I share with you my thoughts on on the, the world and man, this characterization of man, mankind like me and you, and how the Bible describes us in this one word, the world. I want to say, first of all, if you'd think about it, and you don't have to turn to these verses, uh, this matter of a world that is lost, a world that is lost. I believe that's the one that he loves. A world that is lost without Christ. A world that is lost without God. And we're going to look at some, some definitions and we're going to look at a few things about this matter of what world? A world that's lost. And uh, throughout the world, there are millions, there are multiplied millions and billions of people that have never even uh, come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's why we're so involved in missions around the world. So that people can hear about Jesus and know that God loved them and that He gave His Son for them. This should be the message of every pulpit in America. This should be the message, if I had but one time to preach, if they, somebody were to call me and say, I want you to come and just preach one time, and, uh, and that's going to be your last opportunity, I think I'd be geared to go preach John 3.16. I think it should be the message of every pulpit in America on a regular basis. We're running out of time. I love to preach about the home. I love to preach about the second coming of the Lord. But I tell you, there's not anything that tops preaching about God so loved the world that He gave His holy begotten Son. There's just something that rings about it. One old time preacher from back up in the mountains of North Carolina, he preached from John 3.16 3, uh, so many times. Brother Montgomery knows this, I know this, and I've actually heard him preach before, and they called him the John 3.16 preacher. That's who he was known as. Some people known for their uh, preaching on the second coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church. Others are known for their family conferences. He's just a John 3.16 preacher. And I tell you, you can't top it. You can't beat it. It should be the message of every pulpit in America. It should be the message of every ministry in America. I don't have all this in your notes. I have it in mine. Of every ministry, everything that we do, whether we're in here and in the choir and you heard it in the choir and you'll hear it in Sunday school and, and uh, it needs to, whatever we do, whatever we do needs to be just 
completely filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ because we're running out of time. It should be the message of every singer. I love our singing around here. And I tell you, you'll hear the gospel. If you, if you hang around long enough, you'll hear the gospel. This uh, word lost is only mentioned some 33 times in the Bible. It has been said that it is the saddest single word in the entire scripture, the word lost. To be lost is to be condemned. To be lost is to be judged. To be lost is to be doomed for all eternity. And you, re- you heard that when I read on in the verses through 17, 18, and 19. To be, to be lost is to have to be without hope in this world. The book of Ephesians, I can't, I can't talk about it without, without at least uh, looking in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2, we don't have these in our notes, but, and he said, And you hath he quickened, chapter number 2, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. This is the world, what world? This world. That you walked according to the course of this world. Some of you, when we were singing a little while ago about that, uh, how that, how that God had saved us and that he loved us and whether we were singing about I feel like traveling on but I got looking on about the second or third row back there and uh, I looked at brother Matt and it looked like something was going on in him. I tell you what he was thinking about. He was thinking about, had his arms up like this and he was thinking about, thank God that I'm saved. So glad that I'm saved. I tell you, if you it, sometimes it's better felt than felt. And so we have this description of wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse number three, among whom also we all had our conversation, still talking about the world in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. He describes the lost world in those terms. In Psalm 119 in verse 176, we are talking about a world that is lost. He said, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Jeremiah 50 in verse number 6, my people hath been lost sheep. Luke chapter number 15 in verse number 24, you know the story. For this my son was dead and is alive again. Look at this. He was lost and is found and they began to be married. Oh, I can only say to you this morning that if you're here without Christ, the best way that I can describe your life's condition right now is lost. You may know where you are. You may know where you're at. You may know your phone number. You might know your street address. You might know how to get home. You might know the ABCs. You might know everything there is to know. But you're lost without Christ. And so let's, what world? Number one, a world that is lost. Number two, a world that has gone astray. I don't think anybody could deny that. A world that has gone astray. The Bible tells us in the last days men shall wax worse and worse. It's not going to get better. You just better get ready for the new world. Live this one out and get ready for the new one. And uh, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. A world that has gone astray. Isaiah 53 and verse number 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. What world? A world that's gone astray. 
In Psalms 119, in verse number 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. 2 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 15, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray. A world that has gone astray from God. I tell you, from the, from the time of creation, uh, Adam, uh, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, there was a period of time of, of, perfect, of perfectness and serenity and peace and everything that you could imagine. And then old Satan came along and he deceived. And uh, they sinned before God. And from that time, man has gone, man has gotten wiser in some ways. Man has become more brilliant. Man has become more innovative. And uh, we've done things that you would never, I've seen more things uh, develop in, in the last 50 years of my life from about 1970 until now, I've seen things develop that we only thought about when I was a teenager. Uh, they used to talk about, when I was in school, they would talk about this computer one day that, that uh, they would have, and, it, and they described it. It was about the size of a school bus. You watch Disney movies, go watch the computer wore tennis shoes, and you'll get an idea. About the size of a school bus. And now we have a computer that we can stick in our shirt pocket. Stick in our shirt pocket. But men have gone astray. This world today has drifted further and further and further in my generation than the previous generation. Grandma and Grandpa, my mom and dad's generation, my, my grandpa and grandpa, my great-grandpa and great-grandma. I, don't, I never, never uh, met any of those, barely knew my, my, my grandfather on both sides. But uh, from that time, the world has drifted farther and further away. We have more Bibles than we've ever had. We have more churches than we've ever had. You know, it's kind of, a, it's kind of an odd thing when you think about, you think about Noah. And in the, when, in the days that Noah lived in, when everybody was wicked and everything was vile and the world was corrupt to the place that God was ready to destroy every living thing off the face of the earth and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And in that wickedness, Noah lived for God. But as soon as all the... And, and Noah didn't have a Bible. He didn't have a Sunday school teacher. He didn't have a choir. He didn't have a church. He didn't have all the things that we have available to us. And Noah walked with God and lived for God in the midst of all that. I wonder if we could. But as soon as Noah got off the ark and all those things had been all of the... And we think, man, if we could just, you know, just create this beautiful city of utopia and, you know, we could just kind of build a dome and, you know, we could just kind of move to a faraway place and get away from all of this sin and all of this crime. If we could just, you know, just make us a, a, a haven of rest somewhere in this whole world, I'll tell you what would happen. In just a little while, the devil would creep in because he does that. And as soon as Noah got off the boat, he sinned against God. Men have gone astray. Men have gone astray. And so we see that one of the characterizations of the world, not only that the world is lost, that the world has gone astray. Number three, and we're almost done. A world that wanders a world that wanders. Deuteronomy 27 in verse number 18, Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way. A world that wanders. 
Not only are they lost, not only have they gone astray, but they're just, they're going about the world for the most part has no consideration for God. There was a time when I was a little bit younger, and I know can't keep referring to that a whole bunch, but there was a greater respect for the things of God. There was a greater respect for the house of God. There was a greater respect in my lifetime for the Word of God. You would see it, and in, in, you would see God's Word out in the public place, and now everything, when it comes Christmas time, we have all these people that start coming out, and they don't want us, even in our beautiful city, you rarely see any kind of, of, of Christmas decorations, or they have snowflakes, and icicles and all those kind of things but you used to see when I was a boy when we go to the parade they would have angels and, and uh, they would have uh, things about faith hanging up in the streets of the city but we've wandered away from God what world? a world that's lost a world that's gone astray a world that wanders Psalms 55 and verse number 7 lo then would I wander off and would remain in the wilderness Lamentations 14 in verse number 4. They have, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't sell these things if I didn't have a ton of verses for them. Lamentations 4 in verse number 14. They have wandered as blind men in the streets. They have polluted themselves with blood so that men could not touch their garments. Let me give you the last two and we'll close. What world? A world that is lost, a world that has gone astray, a world that wanders. You know, it's not, those are, the, those are symptomatic as well of the people that are in the world. When, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking, you know, we can talk about the masses and the majorities and we can talk about all those kind of things, but it comes down to the individual. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you're lost, you've gone astray, and you're just wandering here and there. Oh, you may have perfect direction and you may have your life all scheduled. I'm going to graduate from high school. I'm going off to college. I'm going to become a doctor. We had a young fellow a few years ago. I was counseling with him and I said, what do you want? He was an eighth grader and didn't want to do his science and biology. He said, well, when I, when I want to become a, a doctor. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we've got everything all set up. We're ready to, uh, we're ready to go. You know, we, we want to do all these things, but you're just, it's just all wandering, just all wandering. Let me give you the last two. A world that is blind. There in, uh, in 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, therefore, verse number 1, therefore seeing we have this ministry, we receive, have received mercy and thank not, I need to go further down, uh, verse number 3 rather. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We could go on and talk about Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is this darkness, they know not at what they stumble. We could look at, first, uh, look at John 1, verse 10 and 11, how that he was, in the, he, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. We could talk about a world that is blind like Romans 1 in verse number 21 because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, became blind in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. 
continue reading in that chapter, you'll see the, the, uh, who he's speaking of in particular, sodomites and, and, uh, and uh, homosexuals and all those kind of things are listed in that chapter. A world that is blind. And, and all, of these, all of these sins that at one time they were just kind of in dark places and hidden places have made their way out into the open view. People are blind. People are blind. According to the book, now just according to the Bible, not according to Pastor Ward, but according to the Bible, the way the wicked is is darkness, they know not at what they stumble. I'm talking about people that are blind, blind people. Ephesians 4.18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated, I believe, how does it go? Alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. They think they're okay. Let me close with this, getting back to our text in the Gospel of John in chapter number 3. I want to close with this. Not only do we see that it's a world that is lost, a world that's gone astray, a world that just kind of wanders and, and just kind of gropes in darkness, a world that is blind. Lastly, a world that is condemned, a world that is condemned. Look in verse number 17, 18, and then verse number 36. 17 and 18, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And He goes on and, and makes this statement, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but look at this next phrase, But he that believeth not is condemned already. Condemned already. A world that is condemned already. I, we don't condemn people. We don't judge people. They're already condemned. And, and the word condemn, is, it simply means they're sentenced to a judgment. One day they'll stand before God. One day they'll stand before God. Oh, the Bible goes on in, and he said, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. Um, let me back up. Because he hath not believed, look at this and we'll close. Because he hath not believed, there's just one reason people are in, not saved. There, there's just, there's one reason and one reason alone that people die and go to hell. There's just one reason, just one reason. And that's because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. They don't go to hell because they failed to join the church. They don't go to hell because they failed to be baptized. They don't go to hell because they failed to tithe. People go to hell because the world goes to hell because they have not believed. That, but he that believed not is condemned already. And because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Look in verse number 36. Now there are a whole lot of other verses in the Bible that, that describe this world, there's an endless description. I don't have time to go there. It talks as that men, that people in the world are unclean. That doesn't mean they're dirty. They're unclean. They're ungodly. They're unholy. They're unjust. They're unlawful. They're unrighteous. They're unwise. And they're good citizens. They work hard. They may be soldiers in the army, teachers in the school system, but they've never believed on Christ. And therefore, they're lost. 
They might be good church members. They might tithe. They might be a pastor's wife. Might be a pastor. I've known pastors to get saved. I've known pastor's wives to get saved. I mean, talking about years into the ministry. I'm not trying to get anybody to doubt their salvation, but if I can, if I need to do that, I'll do my best. This is too big to let it pass you by. And it does happen. It does happen. There will be those that it'll say, have not, that I never knew you. I never knew you. Wasn't that I knew you and then I scratched your name out of the book of life, but I just never knew you. I never knew you. Good people. Then in the book of Revelation in chapter number 20, if you want to turn there with me, I don't even know if we have these, this in the notes, but I want to go read it nonetheless. In uh, Revelation chapter number 20, we missed verse number 36, but it said the same thing that we've already read. In Revelation chapter number 20, here's where the, this lost world winds up. Verse number 11, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Condemned to judgment. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, plural, according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. Look at verse number 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. A world that is lost, a world that has gone astray, a world that just wanders around, a world that is condemned, that's who Jesus loves. Likewise, we should love them. Will you stand with us for prayer? Our musicians coming. Our song leader's going to come. I'd love for us to sing a good invitation song, whichever one you choose, Brother Greg. If I haven't sang one in a little while, let's sing a verse or two, give an opportunity for those who might need to come this morning. I might be preaching to the choir. Everybody in this building might be saved. But you probably know someone that's not. And then you may be here and, and not saved. Why don't you come this morning? Let's take a Bible in hand, show you what you need to do.